Hi guys, welcome back to Merlison, a bi-weekly podcast about BBC's Merlin where we talk about the show, the characters, the ships and the fandom. I'm Miss Snowfox. And I'm Momotastic. And we're back again with our guests from last time, who are... Lulu. And Sindhu. And we are continuing with our part two of the Morgana and Gwen ship analysis uh, slash squee for um, Morgwen. I think we decided that was the most popular ship name for them. And as per usual with the shipping episodes, in the last one we talked more about their relationship as is in canon, and today we're going to talk about their relationship as is in fanon, including all the wrecks and stats. So exciting stuff. We're going to talk a bit about kind of their representations, fanon versus canon, and we're going to have to rely a bit on our guests for this because i mean i can't speak for myself but i think momo also you probably don't read that many more gwen forefront fix right so so first let's hear some news mary lewis's art book will likely be sold on etsy in the very near future it's definitely a mother centric art book called medieval husbands after come on big bang writer signups close on may the 10th this is your last chance to sign up if you want to participate in this year's ACBB as a writer. Artists still have time to sign up until the 20th of June. And finally, the Merlin Podfig rec blog Merlin-Podfig put out a notice that Podfigs hosted on the Audiofig archive might be disappearing any given time since ownership of the server and maintenance of the archive are in, let's say, not entirely reliable hands right now. The archive has been disappearing and reappearing for about two years now, so anytime it is available, you should use the opportunity to bulk download anything you might want to listen to now or in the future, as some podfigs are only ever hosted there and nowhere else. In some cases, the original fig in text form isn't even available online anymore either. If you do come across a dead link that was supposed to lead you to the archive, try going to the archive directly and searching for the title, part figure or author. If that doesn't yield any results or the download gives you an error, you can definitely contact me, Momo, because anything that's recommended on podfig-merlin by me will be saved on my hard drive and I'm happy to share. And that has been it for news. So the idea behind this, guys, is uh, I came up with this kind of section of the shipping analysis because I noticed that actually there seems to often in fandom be a disconnect between the way a character is portrayed in reality on the show versus how we perceive them. Do you ever see that like with the Morgana and Gwen stuff as they are on show versus how they are in the thick world? Have Has anything been changed or embellished in that way? Uh, not, I mean, I personally don't see it in a ship, but for Morgana as a character, uh, I think many of the fakes forget that she was a very kind and giving person in the first two seasons. They just, you know, they portray her, her as someone heartless or, you know, just even if she is caring, she doesn't show that she is caring. They completely Only to, like, cut, cut when off. in private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During certain moments. 
Yeah, that's true. I I noticed Gwen uh, Morgana is often portrayed, and I I have done this myself, so I'm definitely guilty of doing that as someone really fierce and you know just really out there and in your face and easily angered and also really like just uh, how do I like the kind of activist who just really gets stuff done and and gets really loud about the cause they're trying. I to. do. I do like that portrayal, but I think uh, you shouldn't completely forget that she is a giving person. Yeah, exactly. My favorite thing is um, they make Morgana like that at first, and then she meets Gwen, who, like in canon, she's, you know, like shy and stuttery and nervous and all this kind of stuff. And then once they get together, that's when, like, Morgana's softer side comes out more privately to Gwen and then that reaches out to everyone more publicly and then mm-hmm. that's when also Gwen becomes stronger and more independent but like still very with like independent in the way that Morgana's independent but like with each other and like they sort of just take on each other's best parts sort of thing mm-hmm. like that's 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 like that's a healthy relationship and that's like really it's not rare in fic but it's also kind of rare in fic and like those are those are the really the best ones. But yeah. that is really drawing off of canon because that's not unlike what Morgana is like in canon. She's very fierce and she's very in your face, especially to the boys. Like she'll be like, you know, she will say exactly how it is. She's quite res- like she doesn't like to be called out on stuff like, you know, like like her crush on Arthur, for example, just as like one thing. Like she doesn't like to be told what to do. And yeah, with Gwen, she does have a lot more leeway and she does like yeah, she's 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 just much nicer. So I feel like I don't think it's inaccurate to characterize her in a really like like a like an emotion tornado because like you know, at she's time, the one they actually at this time the thing is at this time it's not inaccurate, but this time they actually show the they actually give reason for the development and show it through like well yeah, exactly. just like we're yeah. pushing it forward. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but uh, sometimes you, people just skip over the vulnerability, especially in canon, uh, when Morgana is trying to convince Arthur not to go, or when she's trying to tell Merlin about you know how about her dreams and stuff. You see her vulnerability, and it is not often seen in fix. Hmm. Or you also show like her being manipulative in relationships, like yeah. Like that's it. Like the whole thing is just a manipulation, and they like show it as love. And it's like, okay, well, always make that's not accurate. Yeah, but like, like, yeah, like even with Alva, yeah. What I'm wondering is how in fix, and especially in like modern AUs, their um, power imbalance is portrayed. Because I mean, we just we talked about this how on the show Merlin we don't really see a power imbalance between them that much because Gwen is in in context of Morgana almost treated like an equal to Morgana and I wonder although she actually isn't and I think that this that the imbalance between their station 
Like, it comes out more once Morgana turns evil. Like, Morgana will be much more aware of Gwen being a servant uh, rather than someone she used to consider as an almost equal, you know? And I wonder how that is, how that translates into into fix for this pairing, how that deals with that. Is there something noticeable? Like, does it change from canon or is there... Um, does it address it at all or I don't know you tell me <laughs> I think that the same I think the same with Arthur and Merlin mostly Morgana is a boss and Gwen is an assistant or if if you are speaking on a different level it's usually Morgana is uh, is is generally more knowledgeable sex wise like she's already she has already been with girls and Gwen is usually portrayed as having been with only men before and a virgin to girls or something like that. And, you know. Or, like, just completely, or just in general, a virgin. That's so and, weird, because out of her and Morgana, she's probably the only one that's had sex <laughs> in the show. <laughs> like, Morgana's not, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, there is no canon evidence to support that Morgana's ever had sex in the show, so. I mean, also, there is no canon, uh, canon evidence that Gwen has. Well, you, you know, like when being a servant, it's much more likely that she might have had something with someone before rather than Morgana, who lives in the eternal fear of getting pregnant and being shamed by Uther and the entire court. Well, in this show, there is no pregnancy, is there? <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> what pregnancy? We don't get pregnant. We could get married and not have to worry about pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's interesting, though, that. Gwen is the yeah the, the more inexperienced one again because like out of Morgana and Gwen in the canon like Gwen has kissed Merlin everyone. and Lancelot yeah, yeah like, Gwen has kissed everyone <laughs> Merlin and Lancelot and Arthur she's been married to Arthur and Morgana hasn't even had an on-screen kiss like and she's only had like a fleeting attraction for Alvar in season two and obviously this on again off again hate love thing that she had going on with Arthur but it never actually went anywhere so I, that's just really that, that just might be like me shipping them but like they definitely had like this weird flirty thing well we had that conversation like, and we'll get to that with the Magana stuff because I like Merlin is usually not like it's very heavy handed with everything that it does. It's not usually subtle. And the one thing that I still cannot figure out like n nearly 10 years later is whether they ever intended Merlin and Morgana to be a romantic connection, whether or not they were ever going to get them together is a, is a separate thing, but whether they ever intended them to be like a, a romance thing or just this friends to enemies thing. Yeah. See, and I don't know. I don't know about like that, but the thing is with, <clears throat> with why I think they make uh, Morgana more experienced is because she's obviously a lot more confident when fl with like flirting into that kind of stuff with like expressing herself, whereas we had Guinevere being like shy and stuttery, which like personality-wise makes sense, but like for them to actually be like, oh yeah, Morgana's done everything and Gwen is not, that's like that's where it's like that's like shy personality does not mean like yeah, I used to be, well I still am to some extent, but like I'm really flirty and uh, like I don't have any issues with like talking about sex stuff in public or anywhere like I'm I'm pretty open about 
that, but I was doing it like years before I had any experience to back it up. Like that's just just because someone is confident about it and flirts easily or talks about a thing doesn't necessarily mean they have the experience to back it up. So I think a lot of people tend to forget that when writing fic or like mm -hmm. they just put their own fantasy on that notion. Like they put their own yeah, you know, they put their own fantasy on that ideal idea. So that is incredibly common. Like I don't see it as much in the Merlin fandom because Merlin and Arthur are both quite confident. Like maybe Merlin a bit less because he like like has a secret, but they're both quite outgoing characters. But I know like in the Glee fandom, like with Kurt and Blaine, who is who are who like I read fic for, like Kurt being so introverted throughout most of the seasons, like especially prior to meeting Blaine, and then Blaine being super confident when they first meet, like you can imagine the kind of fic that spawned from that. So it's like it's that is a very normal thing in any fandom i think when you have a quieter and when you have a show like this that literally like for all intents and purposes sex doesn't exist like well, you know what are you gonna do you know, you know? Born literally <laughs> of magic. Yeah. like you know it's like you basically have to guess that they do it at all and you know like when we had that scene with arthur and gwen and the like the whole bed thing like i nearly had a heart attack because i was like are they actually addressing this are they actually addressing it <laughs> Surely not. And Merlin just opens the curtain and like pokes his head in. <laughs> what you doing? Can I join? So it's like, you know, you can't, you know, like, I guess people pull from whatever they possibly can to back it up. But yeah, I mean, but even by canon standards, even though Morgana is like more outgoing, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense at all because Gwen is like, you know, she gets tongue-tied but at the end of the day she's actually done more than she has in actual canon like not doing more with, and doing more with and, the tongue than that oh. <laughs> yeah i mean in, in canon gwen does approach new people and talk to new people well as, he, as we said before mogana doesn't actually have other lady friends Mogana doesn't have any friends she's like she gets flustered easily when she's embarrassed and then she she's sort of Word vomits a lot, but she's not really shy. What are some popular tropes and plot lines that get used in in Morgwen fanfic? Like one that I could think of that Roxanne has mentioned in the in the previous episode is like they're the couple that get their shit together way before, for example, Marlon and Arthur do, and who all sometimes might even help other couples get together because they are so happy together and they want other people to be happy as well. And also they are the ones who like realize like they, they, I can just see them sitting in the back, rolling their eyes at other people, not realizing that they're perfect for each other, you know? So, so I totally see them as a, as like a power couple in, in fic. And I also sort of, I don't know if that's my own imagination or if this is true, but like Morgana being the one who basically worships the ground on which Gwen walks, as she should. And then in turn, Gwen being the one who, upon seeing Morgana for the first time, like probably for the first couple of weeks or months upon knowing her, is like totally overwhelmed by how beautiful Morgana is and just <laughs> probably getting actually a little bit tongue tied because how do you talk to someone who's, who looks like that? 
until you've seen her in first thing in the morning without makeup and realize, okay, she is actually a person. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they have like that Morgana, like in the modern use. That she like has a more not eccentric, like, but like, yeah. Sometimes she might have like a fanciful life, like not to the extent of Gatsby, but you know, just like a sort of fancier, richer part of your life, or she might yeah. have like more of an artsy life because she might be really artsy, and sometimes more. Um, or just pays their money. Yeah, and sometimes Gwen will be like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know. This is brand new to me, and all that kind of stuff." And it's a whole like Morgana shows her a whole new world type of thing. Yeah, which can sometimes be nice, and then sometimes it's like Gwen is like really down to earth, or she's the artsy one, and then that like opens up like it's. It, I don't know. It's not like Morgana hasn't seen this kind of stuff, but it like makes her more passionate and kind and that's like what gets her to be because i mean yeah it's almost always that she's like the like she's the power bitch where she's not a bitch but she's like she's the bitch and stuff and it's like oh look she's a good person too <laughs> which i like but just there's just some of them just have so many there's just so much potential for them to be so oh, like soft just i don't know what do you they just, oh, a lot of it's just them a lot of it's just them I mean, I usually look for the fix where they're just really soft. <laughs> what do you guys usually tend to find? Because we obviously have had this conversation not only on the podcast, but also like at the Coin Lot convention with like kind of the way that like Fick treats Merlin and Arthur like in sexual situations and stuff and like whether they're like kind of more dominant or less dominant like how that reflects on their personalities and why that might be the case like do you find that there's a trope or like a direction that like tends to go more with fix like that that one partner tends to assume a certain role more than the other or do you feel like it doesn't like that isn't really an issue with them because with Mel and Arthur I think that is like definitely like weighted more one way than the other it definitely is but I in my with Morgana Gwen, I haven't noticed that much of a difference. But as I said, sometimes uh, Gwen is portrayed as more uh, inexperienced. Mm-hmm. So that th- that sometimes plays a part uh, in so it's like Morgana tops and things like that. But I am mm-hmm. personally a fan of switching. So yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's, I'm like trying to think. I think they just like it's pretty. Even down, I mean, maybe there are some writers that, like, they personally tend to write more one the other, but, like... I think I a think lot of writers... Like a, there's a good variety. <laughs> I think a lot, a lot of writers write Morgana having a ton of sex toys. Yeah! <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> and her yeah. introducing Gwen There's to that. all of them. Maybe they're thinking of Samantha from Sex in the City as Morgana. I would. I could sort sort of see bit. this actually. I could sort of see the parallels. Oh my god! If I... My favorite one. My favorite is when like like surprise surprise it's Gwen with the toys and then it's like and then Morgana's just like was not expecting that <laughs> and then it's like. Great. I'm not gonna make comments about magic wands and stuff because oh that's <laughs> just <Magic> fingers. <laughs> that's really n- nothing to do with this podcast, you know. So isn't that, isn't that sometimes? Yeah. What the, isn't that, sometimes what some of them are, sometimes some of them are actually called not like in the fic, but in real life, some of them are actually called magic fingers. 
Oh my god, that's hilarious. Like I'm I'm thinking about like cuz I don't know how obviously in the show Merlin is the only one that is reincarnated and Arthur is assumed to be later on reincarnated, but I would be re- very curious as to how a, a a Morgana and Gwen reincarnation scenario would kind of happen because obviously like neither of them would really have memories but then they would and I'm just thinking specifically in situations like that because do you remember Momo when I wrecked it at Coinalot that fic where like Merlin and Arthur are like together in the in the modern world but it's like ages down the line so like he's already processed that Arthur's back but like Merlin still has all these memories and Arthur's like he catches Arthur just like randomly having like tried to clean up or something and he finds one of his toys he's like oh, what is this I think what I is strange like buzzing that. He's like, whoa, Merlin, what I know that one. <laughs> He's just like, wait, 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 Roxanne, can I write a fic in honor, in honor it to you of just Gwen Morgana reincarnation throughout the ages and just the sex toys? Yeah, I think that is something that should. Because I'm, sudden, I'm suddenly like inspired just like write that because like one of my favorite subjects to like learn about and do research on is sex work through the ages. But I've never done, like, a whole sex toy through the ages type of thing. There you go. You have your writing assignment now, Lulu. <laughs> well, but, well, I mean, and and when you do the, like, the 20s, you can be, like, super excited. Because I've, uh, I well, I mean, I just recently found this out. But apparently when they were first invented, they were invented to help women uh, cure hysteria, which was obviously a condition that was thought to actually exist. <gasps> yeah, and, I know. Yeah. And then when they started, re- yeah, because it was like it was thought to calm the uterus or something. But then when they actually <laughs> realized, when men realized that women actually, you know, could feel good from this, they were like, well, we can't have that. And then it became this <laughs> Like, so there was a time when it was, they were like advertised in like magazines, like as like medical. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, God, I've seen some of the advertisements for them, too. And I've seen like the old boxes and everything. Oh, man. It just men makes so stupid. It really happens that men... Well, men like, aren't stupid, so but like, stupid. you know, the men of the time were pretty not, you know, they were just like, oh, wow, my wife is happier. <laughs> like, yeah, she's definitely happier. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they like, you know, Morgana can be um, a saleswoman for one of these <laughs> new medical uh, marvels and Gwen can be her assistant or something. I don't know. But yeah, Our Morgana is prescribed. Gwen is a nurse and Morgana is prescribed the <laughs> device for her series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like I was just thinking about like reincarnation possibilities and that Mirtha fic popped into my head because Arthur just having no idea what it was. And I'm thinking, what if like Morgana and Gwen just like got popped into the 21st century with like all their old memories? Like how far, how much more quickly would they realize what they were for than the boys? <laughs> because they were be like oh yeah this uh, and the boys would be like oh isn't this great they're such great cleaning tools like let's, <laughs> like you know oh they're, they're so great for unclogging the bathroom tub or something like that <laughs> well thank you because now i have a fake idea <laughs> <laughs> that'll be some fun research we've already mentioned a couple of headcanons and i just want to know if you guys have any more more gwen headcanons for either the show or just in modern AU or anything really that's to do with them. That they're just really happy and in love and they own like <laughs> this coffee shop, bookstore, book <laughs> flower shop thing, combo thing. <laughs> Where there's also it's a like, shoe parlor is... in the back. <laughs> yeah, and like 
they, you know, they like right on, and it's like right by the beach, and they're just really happy and warm and sunny. And then her idiot brother's there all the time with with his idiot boyfriend, with his idiot husband, and like just is great. They're all happy, and they have all their great friends. Who carries the kids? Like, who carries the children if they choose to have children? They adopt. They're not going to they, put their bodies through. That. Also, they, they can't. They can't get pregnant. Apparently, they have to adopt. <laughs> Pregnancy doesn't they, exist to Kabbalah. They, I don't know. I mean, like, I actually, in the I don't think that I wrote, and I have kids. They wanted to have, like, part, Merlin and Arthur wanted to have a kid that was basically there, so they had, like, they used Merlin's sperm, and then, like, Morgana's egg, and Morgana um, was the carrier, so, like, you could do something like that. I guess if they wanted, like, they could always use the fan. They could always use Marilyn or Arthur. One of the other. They'll just use. They'll use Lancelot. <laughs> Lancelot. Lancelot. You know, will will donate his sperm for Gwen, and then Leon will donate his for Morgana. It would be great. Yeah, and for Gwen and Morgana's kid, they could use Gwen's egg and Arthur's sperm, and it would still be a mix of the two of them. Yes, exactly. And and, and Gwen would Gwen would be all offended, like no one asked me for stud services. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to donate. (laughs) And then like this little kid, Mordred, he was in like welfare, and he just like always sneaks to the shop because he likes the flowers. And then just one day they just decide to adopt him because he's just so precious. And like, (laughs) there you go. That is adorable. That's that's my headcanon. <laughs> I have a headcanon where like they want to have kids and basically they've been told that they both have like quite low chances of conceiving. So like to to like double their chances, they basically both try to get pregnant. Like because at the same they, time they yeah, both because get like two, yeah, there's like two uteruses, so they like you know no you know their friends are willing to help out and they're like you know more than happy and then. Like, they're like, oh, probably not even one of us will get pregnant. Like, you know, what are the odds? And then they both fall pregnant at the same time. And they're like, for fuck's sake. I know stories like that. everything difficult. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, when trying to be, like, the positive one and Morgana just complaining all the time because she's like, I can't even properly kiss you anymore. <laughs> There's too much between us. And the boys just being obnoxiously touchy feeling in front of them, like and like just just like hugging, just to show that they can and the girls can't because they're too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and in retaliation the girls will call them when they have midnight cravings and obviously neither of them can go out because they are both like both have swollen ankles. They can't go out for ice cream and pickles in the middle of the night, so they will call Merlin and Arthur and make them go. <laughs> Exactly. It's okay. They own they own the like coffee smoothie thing attached to their <laughs> attached to their attached to their um bookshop flower shop thing. So they'll they'll be fine. Gwen <laughs> is the one with the tattoo parlor, obviously. Oh my god! And the tattoo parlor is right next door. <laughs> it's what it's one giant shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically its own mall. <laughs> it's one. It's one whole thing. My headcanon is that the real reason Morgana gets so angry about her vision of Gwen becoming queen is because she thought that if anyone were to make Gwen queen, it would be her and not fucking Arthur. So <laughs> that's, that's my headcanon. That's the real reason Morgana is so annoyed and she just feels betrayed and is like, no, you are my girlfriend. 
My head canon is that she saw the vision of Gwen becoming queen and she's actually a Gwen Salot shipper and she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Basically me waking up in bed when I realized that Arthur and Gwen were going to be endgame. I was like, no. <laughs> Not a Morgana headcanon, but a Morgana headcanon for sure. It can still work as the Morgana Gwen Lancelot thing, you know. Let's talk about some personal favorites then. Do you guys have a favorite Morgwen episode? Not an episode, but a moment moment where, you know, Gwen gives uh, Morgana the flowers and she's like, something to cheer you up. And Morgana says, you cheer me up. <laughs> That's like the sweetest thing. God, that episode, I thought she was going to go and, like, caress her. And, like, every time I rewatch that episode, I get really sad because I'm like, you could have just, like, caressed her cheek and then kissed her and just, it would have been so cute. Yeah, mine is probably, like, my my favorite episode, like, if I had a more Gwen episode, would probably be Lancelot and Gwynevere. Um, mostly because I don't like either male love interest for Gwen ever, but especially in that episode. And, well, we've talked about this before, but, like, Morgana only left Gwen to the bandits so she could go and get the cavalry. And because Gwen was wounded and couldn't run as fast. And then, um, of course, she can't leave again because Uther would have even more of a fit than when Arthur leaves against Uther's will. So Morgana bullies Arthur into rescuing her girlfriend. And then Arthur, for some reason, thinks it's all about him <laughs> and Gwen. <laughs> but it's not. It's about Morgana and Gwen. And speaking of uh, Morgana just uh, leaving Gwen, I mean, wounded, uh, it occurs to me that Morgana actually never tries to kill Gwen directly. I mean, uh, she has many chances, like when uh, season three, when all the knights are arrested, she, even if she's all brainwashed, she asks Gwen to stay. And uh, later, like in The Hunter's Heart, she transforms Gwen. And or in the Dark Tower, uh, she, uh, you know, she sets up a scenario in which Gwen would eventually return to her or Gwen would end up with her. She doesn't actually try to kill Gwen directly. Mm-hmm. True. True. I like, I like, um, it was in the episode, uh, I think, yeah, what we were talking about earlier, season one, episode 10, where they go back to... Eldor and just the whole thing with Will and blah blah blah, but when Gwen and Morgana go along, they're like, "Of course we're gonna come with you," blah 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 blah. But then you see them; they're like, they're both in trousers, they're both ready to fight, and like, there's like this when like the bandits run off or something. There's like this one like three second shot where they just like jump up and hug each other, and they're just yes, so happy. That's, and that's I'm a just like, that's so I, th- I think my favorite more Gwen episode probably would like I like I didn't really think about it but I th- I think probably Crystal Cave like I, yeah probably I think it was just so rare like to see any affection between them like in season three that it was that yeah that was the only time I really felt like reminded that Gwen cared about Morgana <laughs> like that was pretty much it and I really liked that she was really upset but I like any scene where like uh, oh that that and the nightmare begins I suppose I love like seeing them like I like the scenes where she's kind of like trying to calm Morgana down after like a nightmare or something yeah I like those ones so do you guys have a favorite quote 
about them or between them, something they said to each other or someone has said about them. It wasn't like I think too much that was like super super significant. Like that would have been like, oh wow, like maybe it was like not as that quote, but like pretty much when in Dark Tower when she was like when her voice was getting really, really soft talking to her when they were eating and stuff, like like also after she was screaming, she's like, I'm here now, like that. If only, like if only that would have been like good intentions. Uh, this one, this one is it's not actually a Morgan quote, but I've seen so many Morgan videos where this has been used as a Morgan quote. So I like, uh, you know, when she says, "There's a bond between us, it's strong, stronger than the one you have with your father." And uh, Morgana replies, yeah. "It's nothing like I've ever felt before." I know it's not actually a Morgan quote, but you know, in which it's more, it's used a lot as something about them. Or like when when Morgana says of Arthur and Merlin, she said he's strangely fond of the boy, as if he like as if she like wasn't strangely fond of uh, Gwen. And what about favorite fan works? Is there like one thing that really stands out to you that's like your favorite thing that you love to reread over and over, or a, a piece of fan art or a video that's like your go-to thing when you want to just indulge in all the more good goodness um, no i think every time i want something i i try to look for something new just because there's so little content of it <laughs> that is true that is true and i like uh dhk dh i don't know how to pronounce that username the hiko nine the hiko nine mm-hmm. yeah yeah they have good morgan art and uh so uh, there's an art by uh chelsea b of uh Modern A.U. Morgana kissing Gwen on the nose. Oh, yeah, it's I know. It's so cute. Oh. I mean, it's it's uh, it's such a sweet woman. It's not something you imagine Fan and Morgana or even Canon and Morgana doing. So I love that piece of art. And I think I think there was a fic that Momo wrecked recently that I just read, Flatmate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to come up in my wrecks again. Yeah, that's that's a cute one. That was cute because it's, it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't portray Morgana as being someone in control. It's, as, as yeah. it says in the fake, it's, she's more like a cute kitten. Okay. Well, more like a destructive kitten. <laughs> yeah. If I do want something really soft though, I'll just, I'll just look up an AU with like either flowers or, um, obviously flowers, bookshop or coffee shop. I think a lot of good Morgan fakes are usually mostly uh, of Coffee them as back- background pairs to murder than them being the main yeah. pairing. That is with basically every pairing that isn't murder in this fandom. You almost only find them in background stuff. I find it so funny when murder is like, if murder is the background pair or the side pair, I'm like, good. Let someone else have the <laughs> Yeah, let someone else have the spotlight for one. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that would be. Like what that would be like though in a thick like because obviously that's just so not what we're used to like not that I'd have a problem with it but I can't even imagine how you'd write Mirtha as a background pair like because they're just so in the forefront of everything to do with the show right they're just everywhere like even in the actual show like every they have scenes together in every episode without fail even if they're shit yeah I think uh, in the last Merlin holidays there was a there was, it was actually my prompt of Mugana going to the ice rink 
and uh, you, you know go, she, she keeps falling down and gwen is very charmed and she tries to help her up and there were like three fills and all three fills had mother as a background i saw um a fan art recently on tumblr by an artist called cosmonaut sharking which is an excellent username let's be real and it is a fan art of queen guinevere crowning knight morgana with a flower oh crown. wow and it was just super cute so this is has instantly become my favorite more gwen fan art <laughs> Okay, so one section that is basically my favorite part of an episode, and I know not everyone uh, cares as much as I do, but I love statistics. So I always uh, put together just uh, a little roundup of stuff I can find on archive of our own. And um, these statistics were taken on the 26th of March, 2018. The tag for Morgana and Gwen as a couple on AO3 is Gwen slash Morgana and then in parenthesis Merlin. There's also the tag Guinevere slash Morgan Le Fay on AO3, but that is for all versions of the ship um, and not specifically Morgwen of Merlin. However, Gwen slash Merlin, uh, sorry, Gwen slash Morgana for BBC's Merlin is of course included in the Guinevere Morgan Le Fay tag. There are 943 works on AO3 and there are also there are actually 980 works for the Guinevere Morgan Le Fay ship. So there are only like 37 non-Merlin works on AO3 that aren't specifically about the Merlin couple. However, a bunch of those still list Merlin BBC as fandom, so this was basically just people failing at tagging. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then what I do next is uh, a top five, where I just look what uh, the top five by kudos and comments, and then also the oldest, newest, longest, and shortest fix on the archive. And I just want to say that. I checked the summaries and I did my best to exclude fakes where it looks like Morgwen is only the background pairing or the past pairing to another Morgana or Gwen ship. But if I missed a fake or if a fake that's listed in this category uh, in our podcast is not actually Endgame Morgwen, then I'm sorry. I didn't read them all. I just went off by what I could find in summaries, author's notes, and just by how people tagged it. So just uh, that as a as a disclaimer. And also the reason why I always mention when they were published or finished or last updated is because I find it interesting how long it actually took a fic to get that number of kudos or comments. So top five by kudos. The first one is called A Bird of Paradise, written by Versafile. It is actually part of the Falconry series. No way! I believe, I think that is actually Merthocentric. Like Huge! Falconry is like so long. It like I like read some of it, but it intimidates me. But it's really good. I I've read I've read the I don't know I I think part of third fourth one. I'm not sure. It's so huge. Yeah. So a bird of paradise is actually three hundred fifty. 4,100 words long. 
354,000 words long, yes. Um, it's rated explicit. It was published uh, late September 2013 and completed on the 1st of March 2017. And in that time, it got 1,308 kudos. Or, well, until now, it got that many kudos. And then the second one is Crash Into Me, written by Dream Dust Mama, which is 27.5k long, also rated explicit, and was published in September 2010, and it has only 626 kudos, so only about half. It's still a good one, though. And then there's Go On and Break Me by uh, Umni Devuchka. I'm sorry, I probably mispronounced that. It's uh, 33,000 words long, it's explicit, and published in September 2013, and it has just under 600 kudos. And then there is Flatmate Wanted, the Movie Nights and Vampire Bites remix, written by Thursday Next. That is 3,000 words long, rated teen, was published in May 2014 and has 449 kudos, and the last one is The Princess Bride, written by Kame Little, which is only 2,000 words long and rated explicit and published in June 2015 with 449 kudos. So, I think I, I uh, compared the Arwen fix to the Merthyr fix last time when we when we did this, and it's just, it's amazing the difference between like what the most popular ship in fandom gets in kudos and what other ships in this fandom get in kudos and it's uh because i think none of the mirtha top five fix ever went even below 1000 kudos or comments and here we have like the underdogs yeah and here we have like only the first one with over a thousand comments, and that's because it's in a series that's actually Merthyr-centric, so, you know. Cindy and I appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you. We appreciate your work. Yeah. Definitely. You're doing the Lord's work. The top five by comments is, again, A Bird of Paradise with the most, uh, which is uh, over 1,500 comments. Second one is called The Founders, written by Wretched Fangirls. Uh, which is 30,000 words long. That's a Harry Potter craft story, right? Yeah, I th- I would think so, going by the by the title. Uh, it was published in December 2016 and finished, no, last updated in June 2017. It is still currently a work in progress. Oh. And has 166 comments. In third place, there's I Feel Love by Polo Monkey. Who has been doing a lot more for rare pairs and especially femme slash pairs recently, I think. She has been a great enabler. <laughs> yeah. There are 6,000 words in this story. It's rated teen and up. It was published in July 2015 and has today 238 comments. Then there's A Thimble of Light for an Acre of Sky by... Uh, Silenos, I think. Uh, 36,000 words long, also rated teen, published in August 2017, has 98 comments now. And lastly, The Golden Path by Blacktail Chorus with art by Alto Cello, 
which has almost 59,000 words. It's rated mature, was published in December 2012, and has only 53 comments. I would actually recommend that because I beat that. Uh, I mean, I cheerled that. It was last year's ACBB entry. And it, it's, it's really, the Morgana and Gwen relationship in it is really sweet. So if, so any more Gwen fans who wants to read it, they can read it. There's a very sad part in the middle where, uh, for the Mirtha fans, but Morgana and Gwen is really sweet. I mean, you know, if you're reading it for more Gwen and you don't care that there's sad stuff for, <laughs> for author in Berlin, I mean, who whatever. <laughs> Because if you're reading it for Morgan or you're reading it for Morgan and Martha becomes the background pairing. Can I just say, we need, in general, in this entire fandom, we need more slow burn. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, I'm on board with that. So, the oldest fic on the archive that's exclusively Morgan from what I could tell is called Sooth. It was written by Marin. It's 200 words long, rated teen and up, and it was published on the 28th of January 2009, on the archive. Like, obviously there's older fic found on LifeJournal or FanFiction.net or wherever fic was posted before AO3 existed, but this is the oldest on the archive. And the newest on the archive, I literally just looked up, um, is called Twisted Love by the Grassy Fanatic. It's uh, over a thousand words long, rated general. And only has, like, one kudos so far. And it was published yesterday, I think. Yeah, yesterday. So go and read it and give it more kudos. (laughs) (laughs) Like, now. (laughs) Yeah. Do it. (laughs) So the longest story, obviously, will have to be A Bird of Paradise with its 354,326 words. And that it's, it's not standalone? And it's not a standalone, but it's still not. I, yeah. And the shortest one is called "Wait Upon" by Sabriel seventy five, and it's only twenty eight words long. So a very quick read. Damn. So now, of course, now that you mentioned that it's not a standalone, uh, I wonder which one would be the longest standalone Morgwen fic. And I'm going to look it up because I can't leave well enough alone. From what I can say, the longest standalone fic that actually focuses on Gwen and Morgana as a couple rather than just making them a background couple to Merthyr or whatever else is happening is called Love You to Death by Double M Mia. It has, as of today, the 22nd of April 2018, 74,613 words. It is, however, also unfinished. It was last updated in August 2010, so it probably won't get finished. (laughs) Probably. So now with all this talk about fix, and you guys already uh, thrown in comments about recommending things that I listed in the stats, so let's actually wreck some Morgwen fan works. Sindhu already mentioned this, um, something that I recommended before. It's called uh, Flatmate Wanted. 
And there's also the remix, which was in the statistics just now. Uh, Flatmate Wanted, the Movie Nights and Vampire Bites remix. The first one, Flatmate Wanted, was written by Netgirl Y2K. And the remix is by Thursday Next, as I said. There is a part fic of the original Flatmate Wanted by Anna Potts. And the first one is only like 1,000 words long. And the second one is a little over 3,000 words long. They're... Uh, Overall, both of them are rated teen, and they work together beautifully, honestly. Like, I definitely recommend reading both of them. And of course, definitely start with the original 1K fic. And the summary is, in which Morgana might be a surprisingly scatterbrained evil genius, and Gwen just wants a normal flatmate. And it's basically about uh, Morgana moving into Gwen's flat and wrecking havoc everywhere. With everything. And it's adorable. And it's absolutely adorable. And Gwen, like, not being sure if she wants to keep this weird Irish girl in her flat after all. And then just sort of, like, getting used to her and growing fond of her. And this story actually has Martha as a background couple, which really works well. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cute and funny. And I definitely recommend reading both of them. Um, then this my other rec is called Put Lonesome on the Shelf written by Hello Earthlings. It's about 4,500 words long. It's also rated teen and up. And the summary is, it was only natural that Gwen should meet the most beautiful woman in the world three minutes after spilling an espresso shot down the front of her shirt. And it is a coffee shop AU, so Lulu should like it if she hasn't read it already. <laughs> uh, Gwen works in a coffee shop with Merlin and a couple of other people and then Morgana comes in one day when Gwen is totally frazzled from work and uh, then Morgana comes in basically every day after that and Gwen is absolutely convinced that Morgana must be straight and thus not ever interested in her. And it's just the cutest little thing. And has also Mirtha as a background bearing. What a surprise. Yeah, but it's really cute. And my third one is also called Coffee Shop Romance, written by Safik. God, that was one of the ones I was going to wreck. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Then I'm going to stop and you can wreck that one. That have been my wrecks. And now I give it back to Lulu. That is one of my ones. Yeah, no, we can wreck that together. Okay, yeah. It's, uh... Okay, yeah. It has, uh, 2,244 words. Uh, the description is, Morgana has the perfect plan. It involves a coffee shop, which, of course, means I've read it. Which means it's going to be cute as hell. Morgana is going to fall mad. Gwen is going to fall madly in love with her, and they're going to outcouple Merlin and Arthur, which, of course, that just, like, caught my attention immediately, because I was like, that sounds cute as fuck, and, like, coffee. So, I'm not even, I don't even like coffee, not really, I just like the coffee shop stories, but it's really cute, it's really short, and just, it's really, like, fluffy, and just really soft, and it's, like, university setting, so, like, you know. It's just, like, you know, it has, like, that kind of spunkin' attitude to it, to, like, of, like, you know, well, I mean, like, because I'm a university student, so I was like, this would be really cute if I actually witnessed this happening, so. And then, uh, we talked about Crash Into Me earlier, which is one of my, which is actually one of my, uh, wrecks, so. It's not exactly, it's mostly Merlin Arthur, actually, as the pair, as the main pair, but, like, it kind of switches a little bit back and forth between Gwen and Morgana because they're also a pair. Uh, it's a bit easier to screen with the summary, which is 
At the end of their first year of university, Arthur decides to take Merlin on a road trip and hold on to the hope that before it's over, they'll be more than just friends. Morgana decides she and Gwen are going to come along, and Merlin and Gwen decide they're both insane. <laughs> along the admittedly short trip to true love, there are roller coasters, flat tires, chocolate, sheep, pillow fights, food fights, keychains, and memories that will last a lifetime. So, like, earlier we were talking about how one of the tropes tend to be that, like, Morgana and Gwen are a cute couple, and they think, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we see everyone else is being stupid, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, I guess that sort of is a little bit like that. I can't remember, because I haven't read this one in a while. I can't remember if they're actually together or not at this point. But I know they, they definitely are, and they're, like, a really cute couple together. But, like, it's it's sort of like those things where it's, like, they're young, they're just, like, just trying to find love, and it's, like, not just about them. It's also about Martha, which, like, you know, it satisfies everyone. But, like, um, yeah, so I just, I don't know, I think it's sweet. Um, then the other one is, oh, where do we begin the Something About You remix, uh, by Growlery, and, uh, Something About You is by Pensively, which is where this is, um, inspired off of, so, and Something About You is about, um, Merlin and Arthur remembering, and they're at a coffee shop in university, and this is pretty much the... Or not, uh, not university. This one's university. And it's pretty much the uh, Gwen and Morgana version, which is um, Morgana remembers, Gwen doesn't, and Gwen works at the coffee shop. And like, it's this pretty girl, Morgana, who keeps coming in. It's really short, 1,068 words, but it's it's really soft and sweet and cute. Um, and then one more one to wreck. Because I find the shorter ones are really the sweeter ones, especially since most of them are really short. But the next one is Celestia Neptuni, which might be wrong, the pronunciation. And it's um, by a girl named Truth, and it's 5,582 words. And the description is, Gwen and Morgana have been best friends since they were kids, so when they get old enough, it just makes sense for them to get a place together. The thing is, soon after they move in, Morgana notices something odd about her new roommate. Gwen never takes a shower when Morgana's at home, and it's rated explicit, so of course that caught my attention. <laughs> and, uh, See, Momo, I'm not the only one. <laughs> Actually, now that you mentioned a girl named Truth, I think uh, they have a lot of uh, Gwen and Gwen Morgana fakes. Yeah, she does. But yeah, like, so yeah, that one caught my attention. And like, I was like, oh, 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 I was like, that has to mean something. And so I was, and so pretty much a lot of what you're thinking, but, but better. <laughs> and then it, and then it gets even better. <laughs> Any more Rex, Lulu, or Sindhu? Uh, as so, you I just wanted to pick a few for this, but I can link more later. Yes, yeah. As you mentioned, cosmonaut, cosmonautic sharking, yeah, yeah, their their uh, their artist, I I love their art, and there's another by Pony Pawn, which shows uh, Gwen and Morgana as queens side by side, which is really pretty, and and there's uh, Change by uh, a girl a girl named Truth again. It's 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 set early in early in the series where Morgana is thrown into the dungeons and Gwen goes to visit her. 
and there's uh, these battle scars. Basically, Morgana, it's asset after the Battle of Camelon. Morgana wakes up with absolutely no memory of what has happened. And as far as she remembers, uh, she was still in Camelot as the king's ward. So she goes back to Camelot and, of course, they immediately arrest her and she does not know why. And Gwen, I mean, she, she trusts Gwen. She wants Gwen, but Gwen is, you know, very wary of Morgana. So it's, it's, it's a good, it's 5,700 words long. It's a bit sad, uh, but it's a good fig. All right. And I think Roxanne finally also has some wrecks. Hey, do. Um, so this one I haven't actually written down here, but I'm a bit weirded out by wrecking it because it's my vid. <laughs> so I'm a bit like, <laughs> it's really weird, but I, I've only vidded them once. So it's like the only one. The only reason why I'm, why I'm doing it is because I literally, like, there are, I love fan vids. Like, like I'm a vidder and I can find so few that I enjoy watching on YouTube. So I was like, I've only got like two. But um, I made an AU. It's like really, really long. And it's basically like the plot goes something along the lines of Morgana and Gwen are like, so Camelot is the way that it is. And like Morgana is Uther's daughter, but everybody knows. And um, Merlin Arthur are the same Arthur's the prince and Merlin's the servant and Morgana's the lady and Gwen's the servant um Morgana and Gwen are secretly or like in love with each other and like everybody knows like apart from Uther but like Merlin and Arthur like can see and are trying to get them like and like keep pestering them about like you know you should get together because like you you know you're clearly in love and like why are you being so stupid and then like Lancelot and Guinevere happens and like Morgana is like super you know acts the way that she does and then the boys see how they react when they are back together and they're trying to like do their very best to kind of help it along and then Morgana starts getting her nightmares and Gwen is there for her and then one day she runs in and comforts her and she's super upset and super scared and they share a kiss (gasps) exciting and Uther sees them and uh starts stirring shit because like he's like you need to be able to provide heirs for the kingdom. You're my daughter. You're one of the heirs to the throne. No, 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 no. And basically he says, like, I expect you to behave in a certain way. And so Morgana, like, turns really cold towards Gwen, like, and kind of stops talking to her and stuff and starts seeing all these suitors and everything. And, um, yeah, and it just kind of leads on from there. It has, like, an unexpected ending. And then I've got two more vids. Uh, one of uh, one is called "You Belong to Me" by Alora Videos, and this one's really dark. Um, it's kind of like from the point of view of Morgana being kind of creepily obsessed with Gwen, uh, as opposed to like a fluffy sort of video. Mm-hmm. And this other thing, uh, and uh, this other video, which is um, "You're the Only Light," it's by Akari ninety two, and that is also it's not again it's not very fluffy. There are very few fluffy. Morgana Gwen relationshipy videos like yeah. very few which is weird because obviously they didn't start getting really creepy and weird until like season five like when they had scenes together like in the dark tower but then there was this yeah. explosion of like dark vids which was really weird but um so those two I really like I've got a few fic and pod fic recs as well so I've got how to win a Martha which is obviously the um a, a, accompanying fic to coffee shop muffins but it focuses on morgana and gwen's relationship which is obviously the point of these wrecks so that's really really cool um i'm just wrecking the 
fic as far as I'm aware. I'm, I don't think I'm wrecking. I don't think I've listened to the pod fic. I think I read the fic a long time ago, but I don't think I've actually listened to a pod fic version. I know you podded it, Momo. I'm sorry. I'm personally <laughs> I offended, honestly. I haven't listened to it. Nah. But I mean, I, I like read it once when I first read the original fic because obviously I read it for the Mertha and not for the Morgwen. So that's probably why I didn't bother listening to the other, the, the pod fic. And then I, truth be told, I haven't listened to any of these podfics that I'm wrecking, but the reason why I'm wrecking them is because the readers are amazing, so I'm sure that they do an incredible job. I've got And Like a Dream We Vanish, which is podded by Teprometto, and then Shards by Teprometto as well. They're both uh, so they're both podded by the same person. This person's voice is literally just like the embodiment of everything I love in a reader. Like it's really, really soft and it's really gentle. Like I've only listened to, she hasn't done much to be fair. She's done a Mirtha fic and then a couple of Bradley and Colin fics, which is where I found her from, like from one of those. And it was unbelievable. And I was like, please just pod everything because I need you to do more content. Um, and then we have Home by Sophie Nisba, which is like, Sophie Nisba is like, she just does everything. Like I went onto her page because obviously I only really listened to the Mirtha stuff, and I was like, she's just done every pairing. Yeah, like, so but it's a lot of fem, fem slash pairings in general. But yeah, does yeah. I was so surprised. I think there's more fem slash than like Mirtha, which really surprised me. Oh, definitely. Me. definitely. I, like I was really surprised because I live in my little bubble where nothing else exists, so <laughs> I was really surprised. But those both, like both of those readers, are amazing. And even though I've not listened to the actual fix, I'm sure that they are cute and great and you guys should go listen to them. I don't know if you guys are into Podfic, but you need to get into Podfic because it's really, really good. <laughs> so I will agree. Of course I do. Thank you for these breaks from everyone else. You're welcome. And that is our episode, actually. We actually made it to the end yet again. Like couple of hours later and next time we're going to do another character analysis this time for Rox's other favorite baby Lancelot he is pure yes I know I know this is this will be me being very quiet for a lot of time during the episode so yeah we're gonna have a new guest another new guest for for Lancelot next next time and until then thank you again to our guests today Lulu and Sindhu for coming on this magical journey with us <laughs> thank you for having me yeah thank you it's always great fun for us to have guests who will talk to us and go on go off on tangents with us <laughs> thank you for coming here and thank you Dear audience, for listening yet again to us go on and on about stuff we find interesting. And we will see you in a week for Lancelot. Until then, I have been Momotastic. And I'm Miss Snowfox. And our guests were... Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) They were wonderful indeed. (laughs) They were wonderful. And also their names are... (laughs) And send this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>